Well, y'all look a little better this close anyway. <laughs> With few exceptions, I might add. Amen. Huh? <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Let's take our Bibles and turn to Genesis, the first chapter. We just start at the beginning. I've been tempted to do that more than once. Start at the beginning and just go all the way to the end. But something always interrupts that. Yeah, I know. I've listened to him. Strong preacher, too. Genesis 1. We're uh, going to think about today, I'm going to talk to you about from nothing to all. And that's what God did. I don't know whether we have really grasped what God did at the creation. There was nothing. Folks, I mean, I'm telling you, there was nothing. There was not even air. There was nothing. There wasn't a cloud. There wasn't any water. There weren't any stars. There was nothing. Just nothing. Not even a void. There was nothing. And God spoke. Ooh, that ought to light your fire. From nothing, everything that was that is perfect came into existence. From nothing, everything perfect came into existence. What happened to creation? Now, we may not like to think about it, but uh, if you'll recall, what happened to creation was Satan. He had... Uh, stuck his old nose into things and decided that he was going to become God and take God's place and tried to overrule God. And he still does that today. Satan has not stopped that work today. He's still trying to usurp the authority and the power of God and become God for everyone. And, uh, of course, that's not possible. Uh, Genesis, uh, the first chapter, says, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth, now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness covered the surface of the watery depths, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. Then God said, Let there be light. And there was light. God saw that the light was good, and God separated the light from the darkness. And God called the light day, and he called the darkness night. Evening came, and then morning, the first day. It continues that way through seven days. Let's pray. Father, as we come before your throne today, Lord, we come as we sing in humble adoration. God, uh, we realize who you are, and we realize who we are, and it humbles us as we stand in your presence. We pray, God, that you would open our hearts to the truth today that we might understand who we are in relation to you, God, who we are in relation to the world, and that we might 
God to determine in our hearts under the leadership of your spirit to be better, better humans, better servants, better witnesses, God, just better than what we have been. God, we just uh, we thank you for Jesus. We thank you for the privilege of knowing him. And we just uh, pray, God, uh, you would use that knowledge that we have of Jesus to make us better people and better servants. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Uh, well, as we've seen here, <laughs> uh, God uh, created everything when, when God said, uh, let there be light, and there was light. The very next verse, verse 4, says, God saw that the light was good. Well, if we follow all of the story about God all the way through Scripture, everything that God did and does in the long run is good. He doesn't do bad. Now, I mean, uh, the punishment that comes because of man's sin is, is another subject altogether, but he doesn't do bad when he punishes us. Because what did he tell Adam? You remember what he told Adam about the fruit? He told Adam and Eve not to eat that fruit. Remember? And he said, in the day that you eat thereof, what? You shall surely die. Whose fault is it that we have death in the world? Adam's. God warned him, and he sinned anyway. And that's, that's uh, unfortunately the way man does uh, uh, a lot of our activities today. We just do what we want to. Uh, God was there in the, in the darkness uh, in creation uh, of life and uh, everything else. Uh, he was there in the beginning. Folks, I want you to know something. He's going to be there at the end, too. When the end time comes, Jesus is going to be here. He's not going to leave his people alone. Uh, we're going to be taken care of uh, just as sure as Adam and Eve were taken care of in the garden. Uh, that was the first day. God, God created everything. Everything by the voice spoken. That's power. Now, we don't we don't realize power like that. Oh, we see, you know, leaders like the president and world leaders saying things that make things happen. They start wars and end wars, do all sorts of things just through their spoken word. But no one ever has created matter or anything like that except God. Verse 6 says, And God said, let there be an expanse between the waters, separating the water from the water. So God made the expanse and separated the water under the expanse from the water above the expanse, and it was so. God called the expanse sky. Evening came, and then morning the second day. Can you imagine what it would be like if we didn't ever have any rain? And lived in, in, a, in a dry climate all the time. We've seen that 
uh, we do see it around the world in different places where they have very little rain. Uh, we call most of those places deserts. Uh, and they don't, they don't have much life. What little life they have is uh, little lizards and things like that. There's not enough, there's not enough water or anything else to sustain uh, a life. And uh, God, uh, God separated the water from above from the water below, and he gathered all of the water uh, together. Uh, and you'll see in verse 9, he said, let, us, let the water under the sky be gathered into one place and let dry land appear. And so it was so. And God called the dry land earth, and he called the gathering of the water seas. And he saw that it was good. You notice something about what God does? Everything that he does is good. Now, we might have a problem with that when punishment comes along. But, you know, uh, even when we get punishment, it's because we deserve it. And it's a good thing because it's to discipline us and to help us to do the right thing. Now, <laughs> the perfect illustration is children. You've seen children, different children in different families have different degrees of discipline. Some families have very authoritative, authoritarian type discipline. And when they say frog, all the kids jump just like that. They don't even look. They don't say sir, ma'am, or anything else. Frog, they jump. That kind of discipline. Most people don't have that kind of discipline today in their family. Just not made that way. I was made pretty close that way. I don't know about y'all. When Mama said something, it went. When Daddy said something, it really went. You know? Uh, but uh, this God certainly uh, had the authority to do what he would do for all people all of the time. Let the water under the sky be gathered into one place and let the dry land appear. Why? Can you imagine man trying to tread water all the time? be kind of hard. We don't have gills and we don't have uh, fins and uh, uh, scales and things like that. We're not, we're not made to endure that environment. God made water critters that are made to endure that environment. Uh, God uh, still saw when he uh, did this, his creation was good. Verse 11 says, then God said, let the earth produce vegetation, seed-bearing plants, and fruit trees on the earth bearing fruit with seed in it, according to their account, and it was so. The earth produced vegetation, seed-bearing plants, according to their kinds, and trees bearing fruit with seed in it, according to their kinds. And God saw that it was good. Evening came and then morning, the third day. He accomplished a lot in three days, didn't he? <laughs> we uh, sometimes spin our wheels trying to get just a few things done in one day. But uh, God didn't have that problem. Of course, he's God, and he's uh, almighty. He can do what he wants to. And now, so far, what is he doing? He's, uh, he's created the earth, and uh, even though it was formless and void, he fixed that, uh, and he, he made the 
the sky up here and be separated from the waters above the earth and the waters on the earth. And uh, then he uh, gathered all of the, the water under the earth in one place and uh, made it possible for life to exist. Basically, is what, what he did. He made it possible for life to exist. And verse 14 says, Then God said, Let there be lights in the expanse of the sky to separate the day from the night. They will serve as signs for festivals and for days and years. They will be lights in the expanse of the sky to provide light on the earth. And it was so. God called the two great lights, the greater light to have dominion over the day and the lesser light to have dominion over the night, as well as the stars. God placed them in the expanse of the sky to provide light on the earth, to dominate the day and night, and to separate light from darkness. And God saw it was good. Evening came, and then morning, the fourth day. God hung the sun and the moon and all of the stars in one, in, in one day. He put them in place. Now, when we consider our God, we ought not to consider him in dimensions like this that we can measure because God is immeasurable. He is immense. He can just, by the very spoken word of his voice, bring into existence anything he wants. Now, a God with that kind of power and that kind of authority Imagine the self-control that he has when he looks down on his creation, us, and the world today and the existence of man today and the way men behave on the earth today. His creation put in a perfect place in a perfect environment by a perfect God to have a perfect life, and yet what did they do? They messed up. They followed off after the non-creator, after the one who would lead them to destruction instead of the one who would lead them to blessedness. They followed off after Satan, and sin entered into the world, and it caused trouble. Everything was different from then on. <laughs> I can't imagine, I can't imagine the earth without rain. Can you imagine that? The earth without rain? There was no need for it. The earth was watered by heavy dew at the right time, in the right place, by the right hand of God. There was no need for anything else. There was no storms, no thunderstorms, no I'm nothing like that. God caused the perfectly calm, natural way for things to be watered and nurtured. And that was, it just was a heavy dew that did that. I mean, it, the only thing you can say, God made it happen. God has made a lot of things happen that we have taken advantage of in our lives. And that's if we don't understand anything else, folks, we need to understand that God has created our lives for his glory and his honor and any other thing. Is wrong. Now, that sounds harsh, 
But that's true. If you read the scripture, anything that you and I do that is contrary to God's will is harmful to us and degrading to him. And he doesn't have to put up with it, but he loves us so much he does. Just like we do our children when they misbehave, we love them so much that you might want to pinch their little heads off sometimes. I don't know whether y'all have ever had any like that, but uh, I've had one, especially. Huh? One, yeah. Uh, <laughs> the older one was just a little more <laughs> respectful and disciplined than the younger one. But that younger one had long hair. She was a female. She still is. John Paul has the same problem with her we did. <laughs> I'm glad he's got the problem. Oh, there are times when I could have just twisted her little head off. Just mean. Just sassy. That's the main thing. Just, I mean, she wouldn't be afraid at all to look at me and say, No. I can imagine what happened to me when my when I said no to my mama or my daddy. Uh, well, a few days later when I woke up, everything probably would have been all right. <laughs> hey, that, that's just the way human nature is. We, we're just naturally rebellious. And Adam and Eve were no different. They, just, they didn't have godly, I mean earthly parents to be rebellious against. The only parent they had was God. And... Uh, they learned the rebellion from who? Satan. Well, they didn't learn it from God. And Satan was trying to disrupt things even back then. And uh, he still tries to disrupt things uh, today. Uh, <laughs> the, uh, the light uh, was uh, separated uh, from the, the darkness. And uh, there are two great lights, the sun and the moon, of course. God placed them in the expanse of the sky and uh, to dominate the day and, and night. Verse 20 says, Then God said, Let the water swarm with living creatures and let birds fly above the earth across the expanse of the sky. So God created the large sea creatures and every living creature that moves and swarms in the water according to their kinds. I don't know. I'm not a... I don't know what, what's the guys that study the fish for... <laughs> What are they called? Ichthyologists. Uh, can you imagine how long the book is, the, the list, if they started listing all the different critters in the, in the ocean? They haven't found them all yet. Huh? They have not found them all yet. Well, I, I, go figure. They're endless. They're endless. And God did that just by the thought. He said, let there be critters in the ocean. It filled up. Now look, this is the God we think we can mess with. This is the God we think we can disobey and get away with it. This is the God that loves us beyond measure in sending Jesus Christ to die for us. Who are we to presume upon him that we can do anything we want to without getting permission from him first. Whew. We're kind of a presumptuous bunch. Have been all of our lives. <laughs> we don't 
We don't like for anybody to tell us what to do. Have you noticed that? I live with that. I don't even try to tell Trisha what to do. She nod her head. But she knows I know better. I make suggestions <laughs> sometimes, you know. And basically, guys, I'm going to say this, <laughs> and this is not tongue-in-cheek. Basically, I just follow orders. And now she's looking at me real funny because she doesn't think that's right. But that's right. Most of the time we end up doing what we're told to do. Uh, that's what I was fixing to say. Would that we did God that way. Wouldn't it be a wonderful place if everybody obeyed God without question, without fail? Oh, sometimes when I don't want to do what I'm told to do at home, we have a little discussion about that. Sometimes it gets heated. <laughs> Most of the time I just give up and give in, you know. And she'd disagree with that. But that, I mean, that's the way we are. That's the way human nature is. We disagree with somebody. We're going to normally say so, or we're going to sit on it and fester until we get sick. People do that. Listen, God created us in his image that we might have enough sense to do what we ought to do. And be the people that he created us to be. What did he create us to be? You read all of Genesis. He made Adam and Eve and put them in a perfect creation. The animals even loved each other. He put them in a perfect environment and a perfect creation. And what did they do? <laughs> Don't you want a bite of this? Oh, look how pretty it is. It's delicious. Don't you want a bite? You know how dumb man is? Well, the Genesis tells us how dumb man is. Well, not, 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 not really dumb. That's just stupid. Now, a lot of people don't like that word, but that's a good word. Stupid is when you know better and you do it anyway. That's That's stupidity. You know, and Mama said, don't do that. You better not do it because you're going to pay the consequences. My mother was proud that she could take her most prized possession and set it in the floor when I was a toddler and tell me not to touch it. And I'd walk circles around it. I might want it, but I didn't mess with it. You know why? I knew what the consequences were. Man has known since the very beginning what the consequences are, and they still are disobedient to the master. If they weren't, I wouldn't be down here this morning. I'd still be up there. We'd have a house full. Men are just naturally disobedient to the authority of our God. Where does that come from? Straight out of Satan, straight out of hell. Disobedience, turning against God and doing what he does not want you to do is just a very ungodly thing and straight from the devil. We, we want to pride ourselves as Christians being set apart and different. 
Well, we're set apart and we're different in the spirit, but sometimes physically we're not too set apart. We do what we want to do. The earth, uh, verse 24 says, the earth produced living creatures according to their kinds, livestock creatures that crawl, wildlife on the earth according to their kinds, and it was so. God made the wildlife of the earth according to their kinds, the livestock according to their kinds, and creatures that crawl on the ground according to their kinds, and God saw that it was good. Have you noticed anything about any of these things that he's created? Everything was good. Everything God created was good. He didn't create anything bad. Nothing was intended for a bad purpose. Everything was intended for good. When Adam ate that apple, it cost humanity that relationship with creation. And I say Adam because Eve handed him the bite and said, don't you want a bite? Can't you just see that smile on her face? Oh, it's so good, don't you want a bite? And I still contend, folks, and y'all have heard me say it before, Adam should have ripped a tree limb off and beat her unconscious till God got there that afternoon and asked for a new version. That didn't happen. What did he do? Ignorant old boy <laughs> took that apple and took him a bite. And everything changed. Now, folks, there comes a point in our lives growing up, whether it be later child age or early teenage age or early adulthood, it doesn't matter. That age comes to every one of us where we can distinguish between right and wrong on our own. Mama doesn't have to tell us. Daddy doesn't have to tell us. Preacher doesn't have to tell us. We just know from God, certain things are wrong and we ought not to do them. And what do we do? We do them anyway. We can excuse our way out of doing anything God wants us to do. There's always a reason for us not to do it. No, I, my preacher used to say there's no reason, they're just lies. You ain't got a good reason. You may have a good lie made up, but you ain't got a good reason not to do what God tells you to do. And stop and think about it. That's the truth. And uh, listen, <laughs> that sixth day, God wasn't quite finished with what he had done with the livestock and the creatures. He said uh, in verse 26, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. They'll rule the fish of the sea, the birds of the sky, the livestock, all the earth, and the creatures that crawl on the earth, was there anything that they were not given authority over? There was nothing man was not given authority over except God himself. All of God's creation man had authority over. He didn't have but one rule. He didn't have ten. He, he didn't give ten. He didn't give a hundred. He didn't give a book full of rules. He gave one. Don't eat that fruit. I'm, hey, I'm simple-minded, and it's getting worse. I don't know whether you have noticed that yet or not, but it's getting worse. Uh, I need some of that medicine. What is it, the Prevagen? <laughs> that might help a little. I don't know. But, it's, you know, our minds don't function like they ought to. 
And uh, God gave that man, he gave Adam the authority over all of his creatures that he had created. So God created man in his own image and he created man, he created him in the image of God. He created them male and female. They both carried the image, the essence of God. Now, women ought not to feel inferior because of this passage. Now, there's some men out there in the world that, that want women to feel inferior to men because of passages like this. But there's no reason. God made them alike except for their manhood and womanhood, except uh, the sex uh, that they were, and God made that. They were just alike mentally and every other way. They had sensed and knew right from wrong. It was inherent in them uh, because God had created them with that intelligence. And he, uh, he didn't have but that one rule for them. That one rule. Now, I don't know whether y'all have paid very much attention to children or not. They can have, <laughs> they can have a backyard fenced in, pretty grass cut, swings and merry-go-rounds and play things all through the yard. Little houses to play in and, and to, you know, everything in that yard. And you tell them one thing, don't mess with that tricycle or that bicycle. Leave it alone. It'll hurt you. Don't touch it. Don't move it. Don't mess with it. Leave it alone. How long does it take for you to turn your back and turn back around and watch that little idiot on a tricycle or bicycle? How long does it take? It may take five seconds. It may take five minutes, but I guarantee you the time's not going to last very long before they're not out there doing it. That's just human nature. It seems that that's just the way we want to do things. Why is that? Because Adam took the bite of that apple. It's all his fault. Can't you just wait to see him? <laughs> you think God's going to have a booth for Adam in heaven where we can all go by and see him? <laughs> Might be a fight in heaven. <laughs> we shouldn't be a fight at that point because we've made it, you know, <laughs> in spite of him. You reckon? <laughs> That's right. No belly button. Does Eve? Mm -mm. Eve wouldn't either. Two exist without belly button. From then on, we all had one. We all got one, not had one. <laughs> Verse 28 said, God bless them. God said to them, be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it. He intended for man to rule his creation. He intended for man to be the ruler on the earth. Rule the fish of the sea, the birds of the sky, and every creature that crawls on the earth. Can you imagine that? I don't have any idea how that would have worked. But it seems that they would have all understood what Adam had to say. 
That's just, I mean, the way that reads, sounds to me, they would all know what he said. And if he said stop, they would stop. If he said go, they would go. That's just the way that it sounds. God also said, look, I've given you every seed-bearing plant on the surface of the entire earth and every tree whose fruit contains seed. This food will be for you for all the wildlife of the earth, for every bird of the sky and every creature that crawls on the earth, everything having the breath in it of life of life in it, breath of life in it. Does it, doesn't that sound like nobody ate meat? Yeah, not even the animals ate meat. It said green, animal, green I, it, that's right, to feed everything, all the critters, human beings and animals alike. What happened? I'm telling you, it required the shedding of blood. And when man shed blood, man fell. And he was reminded at just about every meal because that shed blood was there to partake of. Bless his heart. even I have given every green plant for food and it was so God saw that all he made and it was very good evening came in the morning and it was the sixth day and then it drops down to Genesis 2 so the heavens and the earth and everything in them were completed by the seventh day God completed his work that he had done and he rested on the seventh day from all his work that he had done, God blessed the seventh day and declared it holy, for on it he rested from the work of creation. Now, folks, all of that, all of that to come down to this point. How old is the Sabbath? How old is the Sabbath? Huh? Seven days, seven days younger than God, younger than the earth itself, because it was the seventh day when God created it. But He set aside one day. I don't know what the percentage of one in seven is. I'm not that good a mathematician, but it's it's small. The percentage is small. God said, "One day, you set aside." as a Sabbath day, a day of rest, a holy day to honor me, not to work, to remember me. You do that. That commandment was seven days older than the earth itself. Seven days. Reckon it was important to God? He was taking care of business at the very first in creation. You read this story about creation. He's taking care of everything. He took care of of a very important detail in the life of men and women, and that was the day of rest and a day to worship him and be with him and set aside just for him. And like everything else, God saw what he had done, 
And he said, it's good. Folks, it's a good thing to do what God said do with the Sabbath. God wants us to rest, not do any physical labor, if you will, not to work at a job or anything else. And, and, and I know today that uh, that's required of a lot of people to have to do. But how many thousands of years has it taken us to get to this point to where we can, maybe not willingly, but we go along with the crowd? Now, you know, when I was coming up as a teenager, I knew better than to go along with the crowd. I'd get in trouble sometimes if I went along with the crowd. So I kept it a secret. When I went along with the crowd, I didn't let everybody know. I told somebody a while ago, uh, I used to love to sell insurance because uh, our company would have a convention once or twice a year and get out of town and away from everybody you knew. You could do what you wanted to. Well, I'm going to tell you, this preacher right here ain't always been a stellar character. You understand what I'm saying? Was that right? No, it wasn't. Wasn't anything right at all about it. But we fall prey to such things as that, even in our lives as older adults. If we're not careful, we'll end up in a similar situation, if not the same, doing what God doesn't want us to do. When God blessed the seventh day and declared it holy, verse 3 of chapter 2 says, For on it he rested from his work of creation. The connotation there is, if God rested, you and I need rest. When we're not nearly as powerful and as strong and knowledgeable as he is, not nearly, and if God wanted to rest as an example for us, we ought to follow that example. You know, when I think about following examples, I think about little children. We, we, uh, I was working as a minister of youth in the church in Panola County, not too far from where we live. And we had a, a man named Timothy Pittman and he was a pretty big guy, a truck driver. And uh, he had a little boy. What was that boy's name? That doesn't make any difference what his name was. I called him Little Tim myself because he was the spitting image of his daddy. His daddy get a pair of boots. He had to have a pair of boots. His daddy got blue jeans. He had to have blue jeans. He got up in that truck with his daddy and rode that 18-wheeler. He drove a gas truck. He went everywhere Timmy went. He was a little carbon copy. That's what God wants us to be, little carbon copies of our big brother, not our daddy, him too, but of Jesus. He wants us to be like Jesus, to remember uh, what he's done for us and how he's done and, and uh, how he's blessed us. And uh, we need to remember that God set aside the Sabbath for a reason. And that reason for us 
I know I'm, I'm preaching to the choir today, but that reason is for us. God set aside this day as a day of rest and worship, and we ought to take advantage of it while we have the chance. It's not going to be long, I fear, before we're going to lose that chance, that opportunity, and that privilege of worshiping God. I don't know whether y'all can see it, but it's just right around the corner where the worship of our Lord and the mention of his name is going to be against the law. It's coming. It's that way in most of the rest of the world now. You can uh, be killed for the mention of his name. The Old Testament tells us that the Sabbath is a very old thing that uh, we need to observe. Seven days younger than the earth itself. And the purpose has the significance of a fellowship and a quiet time to be with God and to honor Him and to worship Him. How many minutes, I'll say minutes, not necessarily hours, but how many minutes every week do we devote to God? Reading the Word, studying the Word, working for Him, uh, whatever it is, how many minutes do we spend in our weekly schedule giving God the time we ought to give? He's given us life and He's given us the breath. He's given us the, the ability to do the things that He wants us to do. And shame on us when we put the ball down and don't do it. Shame on us. Me too. Shame on us all for not doing what the Lord wants us to do. He designed us. He created us. He gave us a task. And He's going to come back one day and if I read the book right, it's going to hold everybody accountable for what they've done here on this earth while we're alive. Hmm. And there'll be wailing and gnashing of teeth. <laughs> I stand and we'll be dismissed, okay? <clears throat> if we can get up. Need a hand? You got it. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for the day today, God. Uh, we thank you for the fellowship that we can have together. We thank you, God, for everyone that has come this way to worship you. Lord, we pray that our love and dedication for you would grow more and more and stronger and stronger. God, that our lives would be so pleasing to other people that they'd want what we have in our walk with you and our relationship. God, uh, we just want to be the people you want us to be. Love the way you love. God, we just, uh, we pray that you mold us into that person with the love that you have for us. And we pray it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And you're dismissed.